When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Straight Out of Marvel. This show is Kevin 27. Back with another fire episode. And today we got lots to talk about. We got Marvel news out the yin yang. You talking about high evolutionary surviving. We talking about release dates for Loki. We talking about release dates for Echo. We got a lot to talk about. And of course, your boy just seen Fast 10. So you already know that's going to be at the end. Spoiler review. So be ready because we about to go in. Yes, we are on Instagram live. Shout out to my nephew Thunder breathing in the motherfucking chat. Yes, Sirski. So uh, take a sip with your boy because we about to go in. So yes, first things first. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 visual effects artist has revealed that Drax was carrying the high evolutionary during the ending evacuation scene, saving him from destruction of his research facility. Boom. Now, I don't know if he was supposed to say that, if Marvel wanted him to get down like that. But regardless, I'm, I think it's crazy. Like, I think that shit is wild. He really was like. He really did such a good job. They was like, yeah, we cannot kill this guy at all. I think the High Evolutionary was probably one of the best villains this year. And you know why I say probably? Because Jason Momoa and Fast X. Oh, my God. I think Jason Momoa got it, to be real. I ain't even going to hold you. It's like, it's like he's seen Jonathan Majors. He's seen High Evolutionary. Uh, I just because I can't say it's Ch- Chudwick, but he was like, hold my beer. That's how hard he went. Hold my king beer. And then on top of that, it was confirmed by none other than your boy, James Gunn. Yes, James Gunn confirmed that shit. You know what I didn't know about Instagram Live? You know what I didn't know about it? I'm like, oh, I didn't know you can uh, couldn't leave the damn thing. That's pretty whack. But yeah, I think that shit crazy. So I'm definitely about to watch this video on New Rockstars, and I'm going to do a reaction to that and see what my boy EA Boss talking about New Cockstars. I mean, New Rockstars. That's the name That's the name of the uh, the alternate porno company that find Easter egg pornos in the alternate universe. New Cockstars. Who is this? Johnny Cockring. Whoa. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, High Evolutionary Survival Revealed. Let's go. Let's see what EA talk about. Mr. Voss himself. Welcome back to New Rockstars. I'm Eric Voss and 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3's villain, the High Evolutionary, is an even bigger mystery than we realize. A backstory My man completely removed from his canonical lore in the pages of Marvel Comics, as James Gunn has confirmed that this character is not actually named Herbert Wyndham. That is the name of the Earth scientist who's not the named Herbert Wyndham. And how I've been referring to Chuck Woody Wichita's hey, character this in videos, be crazy. but rather the character is an entirely different extraterrestrial so character of Why they spare? creation. It's an important question because the High Evolutionary is still alive and may return. Rocket refused to kill him, and Chikwudi Uji confirmed you do not see, see him go down with the ship. See, he was way too obsessed died, with Rocket for him alive. not to be dead. Sorry. That you can definitely see Drax carrying the High Evolutionary off of that ship. So the High Evolutionary is somewhere on nowhere, I guess? Making James Gunn coming up with this different backstory for him all the more important to us. Now, doing this isn't really new for the MCU, where the movies Yo, what if James Gunn still going to do the next Guardians of the Galaxy? The comics, like Ego in the movies was a celestial, not so in the comics. MCU Namor is still a mutant, but in the movies, he comes from Talo Khan instead of Atlantis in the comics. He Who Remains was a Kang variant in the MCU instead of an elderly TVA employee separate from Immortus or anyone else in the Kang dynasty in the comics. Ultron's age in the comics lasts more than a week, and Thanos in the comics is trying to woo Lady Death, but in the movies, he's kind of a Malthusian eco-terrorist. But what makes this Damn. high evolutionary instance interesting is that many things about James Gunn's version of the character played by Chukwudi Uji lined up Chukwudi. very neatly with the character Chukwudi Uji. general appearance, its construction of Yo, his Woody his experimentation on animal hybrids, his obsession with eugenics and the hierarchy of species. He even has a history on Earth and an interest Yo. in Earth culture and humankind. So for him to just not be from Earth and not simply be named Herbert Wyndham and not have a specified... So what are they trying to say? Now they're trying to say the high evolutionary is secretly from Earth and he was on some BS? Why? Because clearly he had the Earth, the Earth obsession... My man's went and built a whole planet and called it Counter Earth <laughs> with himself as a Statue of Liberty. I wonder if he, I wonder if it's like everything was just like, I wonder what Rome looked like. <laughs> Backstory instead of that just leaves us. What, with what counter that Rome the studio for? didn't want to answer these questions. So let's try to answer them here. Where does the High Evolutionary come from? And what, what is, is he the, exactly? What is he? Now, to be clear, okay, I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 suffers from us not knowing the full picture. It's really Rocket's story, and we learn everything we need to yeah. know about the High Guardians of the Galaxy does not suffer because we don't know the backstory of the High Evolutionary so far in the MCU. James Gunn has clarified multiple times on Twitter that he is not named Herbert Wyndham once on May 7th, and then again when he was asked to clarify on May 11th. He made it clear that the MCU version of the High Evolutionary is a different character from Herbert Wyndham and a race from an alien planet. Which makes sense because in oh, this movie, he he's from an Peter alien planet. visited his planet, but he's still I mean, called it facts. Quill's planet, not his look own. At his, he's from look at his else. head. The High Evolutionary is a humanoid who looks like someone from Earth, but the MCU has established that many humanoid characters can be from other planets, like the Xandarians. Nova Prime, everyone in the Nova Corps, Kraglin was born on Xandar, and then of course, there are certain pink-skinned Kree from Hala, like Yon rog the Asgardians are humanoid, as are the people of the forested Vanna and Thor the Dark World, the Celestials designed Eternals to have humanoid appearances, despite the Eternals being synthetic beings. Thanos was an Eternal, but he was purple, yet his brother Eros looked like Harry Styles. Now this has never been firmly established, but the implication yeah, from the Eternals film that? is that many of the intelligent life species designed by Celestials evolved to just have a general humanoid bipedal appearance. Now we also know that the High Evolutionary is old. The Orbicorp facility said that it had been in business for the past Yo, 300 years. That so Orbicorp, that shit looked weird. That company in like the early 1700s. 
The Hyvolutionary also played music featuring chanting in crazy. Latin that he told Rocket was 5,000 years old. Now, since the Roman civilization didn't really spring up until the first millennium BC, this would mean there were somehow ancient Romans thousands of years before any of them organized into city-states, living on the Italian peninsula, but figured out how to communicate at different points oh, in time. Bro, this could be one possible end. path to steer past that Jonathan Majors drama. I'm just not crazy about the idea of Marvel Studios establishing that the next great MCU villain in Phase 5 is just another Kang variant. Like, is everyone Kang at this point? I say, let the High Evolutionary just stay the High Evolutionary. Now, there could be a okay, I agree with behind Guardians Volume. I agree with Eric Voss again right here. Let me know what you guys think. I mean, let's not rope the high evolutionary into Jonathan Major's bullshit. Seriously, can we not do that? I get it. He's black and everybody like, oh, you can easily explain it. No, let's let's kill that noise, man. Uh, the high evolutionary should just be its own thing, just like it already was planned to. And whatever Jonathan Major's got going on, yo, that's on Disney, man, for being a bad judge of character. That ain't like what? Especially if they saying it was rumblings. Oh, 20 women have come out against Jonathan Majors. Come on, Disney. Don't tell me you didn't know. <laughs> Three, not including the name Herbert Wyndham. It might be that Herbert Wyndham in the Marvel comics has more of an association with the X-Men world. As an associate of Nathaniel oh. Essex, Mr. Sinister, an X-Men villain, Wyndham has ties with several of the mutants of the Marvel. So if the... High evolutionary in the comics have a lot of ties with X-Men. That would make sense why they want to just change it all the way up because, yeah, they have no plans for the X-Men. Not right. They have future plans, but they're, they are not solid. Bro, I just seen that they offered Emma Stone a role, but they couldn't come to terms with the money. What? Y'all Disney, y'all got the bag, bag, bag. So that's, see what I'm saying? I don't know. They, they they slacking on the Fox characters, man. They slacking on the Fox characters. Deadpool going to be holding them up on his back. That's it. Damn. Sad, sad, sad. Marvel lore, including overseeing young mutants Pietro and Wanda Maximoff when they were infants. Now, even though Disney acquired the right to the X-Men with their acquisition of Fox Good. in 2018, there is a belief that certain lingering contractual issues are slowing down how much Marvel Studios is able to mention established characters from that side of the world. Now, this has never been confirmed, but it would explain why Marvel Studios is dragging their feet with the mutants still now, five years later. Like, so See? far, they've only featured Ron Wasserman. I know I'm not the only one tripping. They taking a long time. And I'm like, if y'all bought the... I don't understand the contract. I mean, clearly, I'm not in that world, so I wouldn't understand the, the contracts. But damn, bro. Yeah, man, I've been thought it was crazy. I'm like, what is taking so long for them to come with these damn Fox characters? From its music, saying the word mutant a few times, and bringing back characters who already played them in the Fox X-Men movies, like Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman for the upcoming Deadpool 3, but no recasting or relaunch as of yet. I'm gonna go into this in an upcoming investigation on the Deep Dive channel, but it may have just been a thing where a character being called the High Evolutionary just created fewer complications than using the actual name of Herbert Wyndham. But let's point out that James Gunn's version of the High Evolutionary likens himself with a god. It makes so much sense. Point, there is no god. The High Evolutionary could in. be like a godly character, but I'm not 
nowhere sure. calling it quote Especially a dead god. To me, a that suggests a certain elitism. A figure who knows who the Celestials are and were and doesn't How fear them or doesn't guy? hold them with any kind of divine status. This Consider this deleted line of dialogue that they never say told word. our colleagues on comicbook.com's Phase Zero podcast because that Brandon Davis always asking the right questions. There was a scene that didn't make it in, the, a line that didn't make it into the final cut of the movie. I think I'm okay to say it because you've seen the movie. But, you know, that scene where you know, sort of knock Groot and Peter Quill oh, they down, cut the scene. and then walking away and then they start doing their thing with the guns. There's a line that didn't make it where I go, kill the human, bring me the tree. Do you know what I mean? So like I was very, I'm always interested in the other. I'm always interested in something I can learn from. Ah, uh, kill the human, bring me the tree. Very, leave the gun, take the cannoli. But it also recalls the curious moment from James Gunn's first Guardians of the Galaxy film with the collector, Tanelier Chavon. What is that? Thing there. I don't know, man. This shit crazy. You must allow me to pay you now so that I may own your carcass. At the moment of your death, of course. I am Groot. Why? So we could turn you into a frickin' chair? So, could the High Evolutionary actually be part of the same race as the other Elders of the Universe? Best known for their titles. Oh, they trying to say High Evolutionary the collector, is the... the Grand Master, and the Oh, that would make sense. He in that realm with the Grand Master. That would make sense. And, play things, and seem to be delighting in this universe where the Celestials are essentially an endangered species. The MCU has established that the Collector survived Thanos' attack by showing his ship flying away in the opening shots of Loki Episode 6 and the studio deliberately spared mm. the Grand Master by removing what would have been his death scene by the hands of Gore the God Butcher and Thor Love and Thunder. The MCU High Evolutionary could come from anywhere in the cosmos, but he definitely fits the mold of an elder of the universe as a godly space boomer who always seemed to be able to slip away. Now, our upcoming live show on May... Alright, that shit was kind of boring. It was cool. EA bosses had better. EA bosses had better. I ain't gonna hold you. All right, we off that. What's next? All right, all episodes of Echo will be released on November 29th, making it the first Netflix style binge a thon that we get to have in the MCU since Marvel on Netflix. So it's really crazy, man. And I don't know if this is a good thing or if it's a bad thing. Me personally, I think it may be a bad thing, right? Because if you drop the series and the series is trash, you really only got to do it, deal with it one week, maybe two. That's it. Because remember, months ago, I reported, or it was reported, but I reported on the reporting that they were not seeing eye to eye with the producers and it kind of didn't look like it was going to even come out this year. And even like some of the the I think the actress, maybe not her, but because I don't think she be talking, she do the sign language shit. But I really feel like a lot of them were saying that yeah, if it come out and it's not as good as you think, like we kind of we kind of had our hands tied. And I was like, damn, you guys really aren't selling it. You really aren't selling it like you should. So yeah, I think it could be a bad thing, honestly. So Paz Like Us said, I'm going to predict something here. Dumping every episode of Echo with a post credit scene sequence with Daredevil at the end of the last episode and a message saying Daredevil Born Again coming January 2024. I said it's a good prediction. Um, he really didn't answer the question, to be honest. 
But I well, I guess it kind of, I guess he kind of did because if it dropped pretty much December, you're talking about November 29th. So pretty much December, you drop that. It would make a little more sense for Daredevil to come right after that, which would be good momentum for the next show. And like I said, especially if um it's not good. But I don't think that's right because I feel like I seen something somewhere that said Daredevil was going to appear on like episode three or some shit. So I don't I don't know about that, my guy. I don't know about that. Another dude said, can we name 10 people excited for this show? Yeah, that's fucked up. Homebrewed Comics said, it's a way to avoid drop-off and encourage completion. They probably expect viewership to fall off drastically as they uh, if they do weekly releases. People will binge it, and then they can say, Mo, most watch show, blah, blah, blah. So it's a way to also skew the numbers. Yeah, I mean, that was like the best explanation i've seen honestly it makes that makes way more sense and i'm telling you i think they just feel like that because they kind of feel like the show might be trash and they probably know it's trash but i mean you can't can like the disabled show which that's what hawkeye is the dis that the the, the disability cast that shit gonna be crazy I'm still interested to see how a deaf person and a blind person are going to like interact with each other. When I say I'm like the most interested in that, that shit is crazy. Maybe I guess maybe if she know how to read braille, but they don't write braille. So I don't know how I don't know how you do that. I'm honestly, that's the main thing I'm excited for. I'm excited to see how the hell a deaf person and a blind person going to be together. That shit funny. So also, Loki season two will premiere on Disney Plus on October 6th. Yay, yay, yay. So that means somewhere around my birthday, I'll be having some Loki to watch. I cannot wait. Super ecstatic. Let's see if Loki can take a motherfucker back to the promised land, right? I still think Marvel's best show by, I don't want to say by far, but clearly it's Marvel's best show, right? I don't think that's controversial. What I'm excited to see is how they're going to do the whole um, Jonathan Major shit. That's just honestly would have really sink it if like a video come out and then he really like on the abusive tip, then it's like, yeah, you can't even have him anywhere in anything. Long as it's not a video out, they could probably roll it out. They probably still gonna heavily edit it. Uh, it's disgusting. I really, I really like fear for that. I mean, when you watch the Ant Man post credit scene, it's him. You know what I mean? Or like when you watch it, it's like him doing some Loki shit. So it's very like this. Like I'm concerned about Loki, honestly. But I still think it's going to be great. If Jonathan Majors come back, he coming back from a 3-1 lead. It's going to be more legendary than LeBron James. Seriously. Let's talk about breaking news. Deadpool's Negasonic Teenage Warhead and her girlfriend, Yukio. We're returning Deadpool 3. Very cool. Love to see it. I really feel like 
if I can remember, that's probably Marvel's first lesbian couple, right? I don't, I can't remember anyone. And that was that was 2018, five years ago. Not saying that's like super, but but you know, still, I really and of course that was on the Fox side. I think it's kind of cool though. They bring it back, the uh, dude with the mustache. They bring it back a few motherfuckers from Deadpool. So I mean, the only one they haven't announced is Domino. That's the last Domino that needs to fall. It's Domino. Other than that, bro, it's like I'm cool with Negasonic and all of that. I love a girlfriend. I thought she was cute. But, bro, they need to bring back Domino, and they should have been announced it by now. I don't understand why it's taking so long for them to announce it. Like, maybe they know that's going to get people riled up, so they're just waiting. But, bro, bring that shit on. Domino was the honestly... The second best part of Deadpool because the little kid was so annoying. But Domino, she was so cool watching her powers. And I, like I said, and I say it all the time, I never thought the power of luck would look cool until you watch it. And then it's like, oh, damn, that shit is tight. Like, wow. So bring back Domino. Marvel Studios is expected to have big plans for Moon Knight's made Kalamawi, Kalamawi in the MCU according to a new report and it says where do you think Layla could end up next yeah I really liked her but I'm not gonna lie the wings is fire and all but it's definitely a rip off of Sam Wilson I'm just saying so hopefully they can make it look a little more distinct which I still thought she was hot like, I was like, damn, she killed that shit. So, I'm here for her regardless, honestly. Oh, let's talk about Guardians. And let me get rid of one of my gripes. So, one of my gripes, which, well, I'm not going to get rid of it because I still feel like it wasn't as good. It might, it may grow on me the more I watch it. But James Gunn has explained... Why Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 gender swap Cosmo from their male counterpart in the comics. And he said, I'd rather honor the real dog who died in outer space. So we all know the story of the dog from Russia that they sent to outer space. Never came back. That's fucked up. This is who uh, Cosmo is based off of. But they gender swapped it, made it a man. Didn't know it was a female dog. So therefore, I have no issue with it. I mean, it's still not a big deal because it's a dog. But regardless, uh, I, I, I think it's a little I see why he did it now. Got to be politically correct. And it makes sense that he did it. I definitely agree with him. Will Poulter says that Marvel Studios is deeply and passionately invested in the quality of his projects. And he says their programming is so large that sometimes people can kind of confuse that for quantity over quality. Yeah, man. Straight W. Shout out to Will Poulter. Definitely can't wait to see him in more Marvel projects. I mean, it's going to be fire. What else we got? We got one more Marvel topic, and then we get into Fast 10. Uh, Daredevil Born Again's Clark Johnson will have a recurring role in the series. And uh, Let me do that again. Daredevil Born Again's Clark Johnson. Uh, Daredevil Born Again's Clark Johnson will have a recurring role in the series and direct two 
of its episodes, making the first time that a Marvel Studios director will have a non-cameo role in the Disney Plus series they are directing. Talk about lit, lit, litty, lit like big. Like, I think this is incredible. And I feel like this is the same dude who was in Winter Soldier. Am I right? Is that him? Let me look him up. I'm not sure. Yeah, that definitely is him. I got my black guys mixed up. But regardless, still excited to see how that's going to work out, how that's going to pan out. All right. So that's the end of the Marvel News show. Let me check first. Matter of fact, that's it. Oh, and before, before, actually, before I get out of here, I didn't even mention this. So they are saying that the High Evolutionary is in prison somewhere on Nowhere. So that's interesting and that's good to know. The only thing about that is, I mean, I get I guess they did beat his ass pretty good, but he was very strong. So I'm so I'm super surprised. Like you see how strong Adam Warlock is, and he was able to just throw him around the room like it wasn't anything. He was able to blow up planets. So I'm surprised that they was able to just lock him up on nowhere. Bit of a cop out for not killing him. And is he even gonna come back? Like, would he come back? I mean, of course, that check. But I'm just saying, the simple fact to me is, could he replicate that? I mean, Chick Woody is a good actor. So I'm pretty sure he could, but regardless. All right, we getting on the Fast 10, man. We getting on the Fast 10. Yo, Fast 10, I'm going to just say it right here, right now. Top five movie of 2023, hands down. Spoilers. This is spoiler territory here. So all my Marvel fans, go ahead, exit out, unless you want to hear it, unless you want to go see it. This film is projected to do over $300 million this weekend, so hope you're going to be there. And I'm pretty sure to make more because this movie was fire. I ain't even going to lie to you. And I'm going to tell you this. The movie was so fire, I was like, I'm going to need people to stop bitching every time they announce a new Fast and the Furious movie. Because, bro, the movies, to me, they are getting better. All you have to do is suspend all of your belief. All of your belief. Or not your belief, but your disbelief. You know what I mean? Suspend all your disbelief. Don't say, oh, that isn't real. Bro, it's a movie. Not only is it a movie, this movie is supposed to be absurd. You know how I know that 30 minutes into the movie, I didn't see Dominic Toretto fly off a cliff with a car and somehow make it back onto another street and survive. And I was like, I don't know, man. And then when he did it, he flew off the bridge and played pinball with that, with the, with the bomb that Jason Momoa came through with, bro. I was like, yeah, that's what I need. I need that right there, bro. It's like these are what we call eyegasm, eyegasmic scenes, scenes that are so good it makes your eyes pop. Fast 10 had at least 15 of them, 15 moments, about six good scenes like that. Like, oh my god, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. This is revolutionary. Like, oh my god, and Let's just uh, address the elephant in the room. Jason Momoa. Pretty much best villain of the year. I have never seen my mom 
so active in a movie theater in my life because Jason Momoa tickled her pink. Walked out that bitch look like a Pepto-Bismol bottle. I'm telling you, his acting was Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's Joker meets Jigsaw. And he put that into one bottle and chugged it down real fast. I'm not bullshitting. I'm not lying to you. And, bro, you can say I'm glazing, whatever you want. Jason Momoa did the hat. He probably had the most impressive performance. And he kind of had a cheat code, and I'm going to tell you why. He had a cheat code because he went quirky. And he had a chance to be quirky. And because he has the long hair, it works. It makes him look way more metrosexual. And he is able to pull off metrosexual better than anyone I've seen, I think. Because when I'm looking at him, I wasn't like, oh, this motherfucker look gay. I just was looking at him and I was like, oh, he's a guy that's all about himself. He painting his nails like, bro, it, honestly, the performance was great. Eh? And he had a he had a scene that was crazy. So we see a big ass foot and he painting the nails talking shit. And I'm not even putting two and two together that it's a dead foot until I see the damn cop next to him or one of the agents. And this motherfucker is having a full on conversation with two dead uh, FBI agents. It was some of the best shit. I'm telling you, the whole crowd, it could have been because it was me. Because I was like, oh, my God, what am I watching? People was going crazy. And it was just it was just like no one else got to get that off. This is what I was saying with the whole Jonathan Major shit with Ant-Man. It kind of felt like they didn't say, hey, do what you want. This movie felt like they told Jason Momoa, uh, how crazy you want to get? And he said, yes. Like, seriously, how crazy do you want to get? He said insane. That part looked like he came up with it himself. That's how good it was. It was like he was just like, hey, 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 I got something for y'all. Let's shoot a scene where I'm talking shit to these dead people. And I'm painting their nails and I'm painting my nails and I'm being all quirky and shit. It worked very well. He sold it very well. And I was surprised at how many times he was able to to trick Dominic Toretto. One of the best, I think I'm probably being prisoner of the moment, but probably I would say a top, because it's a lot of villains that are great. So I'll say a top 20 villain of all time. You have to put his, you have to put maybe just this part. Now remember, this uh, film is a top, is, or not a top, but it's going to be a three-part series. And the film left on a cliffhanger. We don't know if Dominic Toretto is going to die. We don't know if his kid is going to die, which you know they're going to survive. What I'm interested in to see is will Tyrese's character, will, will, will he survive? Ludacris, all of, all of the people look like they died in a plane crash. And it was crazy. One thing I thought was wild, my girl Letty, 
She was out of the picture for most of the movie. She did get her scenes off. She did get her scenes off, but still. She was by herself, and I was like, damn, that's crazy. What I did notice is they're going to have so many more, right? Think about this. Well, the only thing that's a little tricky with this movie series is you're doing a three-part series. So is the kid going to, or is it just going to all be, because you know, like every time they come back with a movie, it's like the next year. Like they don't do, they're not like, oh, we just stuck in this one year. It's like every time they come back with movies, like the next year, the next two years or however long it takes for them. I feel like they do it every year. They did it with this one. And the kid was a little older and was way more verbal, had a way bigger role. And I was like, I can see where this is going. Giving me Creed 3 vibes. You got to get the kid in there, right? Same thing as they did with the daughter in Creed 3. That way they could set up and keep the franchise going. And Oh, we're going to go with the female. Same thing they're doing right here with Fast 10. They're introducing you to Dominic Toretto's kid right now. That way when Vin Diesel old as hell and can't do it anymore, now we got his kid. And he goes on his own fast and furious journey. He already into cars heavy. Clearly is that he's the seed of Dominic Toretto. So bro, I'm telling you, I can see this franchise going for another 10 years. Honestly, at least you got to think fast and furious came out like 2000 or some shit. And it's 2023 and they still out here about to do 300 million in a weekend. You telling me, that you're not going to keep going to see it. It's honestly the best movies that you can get right now. Uh, not right now, but as far as car movies and doing crazy shit, going crazy with the car stunts, like you get a good race and the race was so funny because it was just like, oh, you think we're racing? I'm here to blow motherfuckers up. Like Jason Momoa, bro, his character, I think his name was Dante. Oh my God, man. It's like, it's the mind games. And this is why I said about the high evolutionary, why he was so crazy and why he was such a good villain because of the mind fuck, right? They trying to convince you that what they doing right. This dude in Fast 10, he's telling you like, bro, I'm here for revenge. You killed my dad. And for the people out there who haven't seen probably the last couple Fast and Furious because you know, people do get fatigued by movies. It's like, oh, my God, another one. Oh, my God, another one. Instead of people being, like, happy, like, that they're alive and you can go see another movie. Like, that's how I look at it, but I'm a movie guy. I think when you do it like that, when it comes to the mind tricks, the way that he spun, he spun, he took maybe three, probably three or four W's on Dominic Toretto. Like, he, he did it to him in Rome. He did it to him in Rio. He did it to him again in, the in I think it was Nepal. I'm not sure. But he kept taking Ws. And every time you thought Dominic Toretto caught a W, he took an L again. Oh, my. Especially the last one. When he was on a dam and he was like, yeah, that was cute. He's like, but what you don't know is you're right where I want you to be. And then the guy that Dominic thought was on his side, Mr. Jack Reacher, if you haven't seen the Amazon Prime series, 
which I thought he did great in, and he did good in this movie, like as well. And he's playing the villain, double agent. My mom called it out though; she sniffed it. She sniffed it from the parking lot. She was like, "I think he's a double agent. I think he's working for the dude." And then when it come out, it, when it came to find out that he was working for him, like my mom's like, "I knew it." See, I don't be thinking that far ahead. I be like in the moment. Like when I go see movies. I'm not really trying to figure it out. I want you to tell me how it's going to go. When I go and see a movie and I kind of just know how it's going to go, I get irritated very fast, very fast. So, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. This movie, it could be Prisoner of the Moment, but it might be better than Guardians of the Galaxy. I ain't going to hold you. Now, of course, Guardians was fire, super fire, but I think this just was a little better because honestly, you know why Jason Momoa? I'm just keeping it real. He stole the show. I want to watch that again. I want to watch that for him. Like, as good as the High Evolutionary was, I'm not watching it for him. I'm watching it because I want to see the Guardians, my boy Peter Quill. Fast 10, regardless, I will watch it anyway. So I'm not saying that. Dominic Toretto, my guy. But the way he did that shit was the way he acted was great. And it is so funny, man. Um, my my girl, she named her son after Dominic and uh, after Dominic Toretto. And in the movie, he kept calling him Dami. So I was like, shout out to my Dami, man. That shit was funny because uh, he was like, Dami. Like, I'm telling you, every time. My uh, every time he popped up on the screen and he said one thing, my mom just started laughing. Like I never seen her so like animated before. It was crazy. Like that's how good the performance was by Jason Momoa. And I'm not even an Aquaman fan, so it's not like I'm like ooh Jason Momoa like that. But he really like he he disrespectfully took over. The uh, villain role for this year. He literally told Jonathan Majors twice because John. I'm not gonna say he was the villain in Creed, but I mean he was the antagonist. And then his whole Ant Man campaign, like every villain. Also, you know who I thought was a good villain. Also, uh, was the guy from uh, John Wick Four. Y'all know I said I thought he was a good, he was the villain of that, you know, that shit. He killed my man's, he killed my man's from uh rest in peace. I don't even remember his name, but y'all know the black dude. He killed that man. He did a lot of crazy shit in there. And I thought he the way he acted, he commanded the scene, he commanded the screen. I honestly felt like he was like really outdid Keanu Reeves anytime they was like on screen together. So, yeah, that dude deserves big credit. We're not forgetting about him. Like I said, I'm not being prisoner in the moment. We talking about top fives. He's in my top five. Jonathan Majors right there, number four. And uh, Chudwick, two, and him, one. Uh, Jason Momoa, one. I don't know who three is. I will have to go back and check that. But for sure, Man, it was a very good performance. So you guys got to go see Fast 10. Also, it was another thing that he did that was crazy. My man jumped off the damn uh, 
he jumped down a dam with his son in the car. His dad was like, or he was like, dad, I have faith. Like he had a huge, the son had a huge role in this, in his movie. He's like, dad, I have faith. And then he jumped off the dam. That shit was crazy. I was like, this boy, Dominic Toretto be whipping that bitch. Like he was like, I took this from you. I took that from you. I took this from you. And then he was like, but you know what you didn't take? My car. And even when he did that, Jason Momoa still had a bunch of bombs there. I was like, God, he's like a step ahead of Dominic Toretto every which of the way. It's crazy. Every which way. It's wild. Also, John Cena really shone in this movie. John Cena is a good actor. He's a really good actor especially in the roles that he takes. He's a really good actor, man. And he's shining in this movie. We got to see an uncle-nephew relationship. I don't feel like you really see that. I got nephews, so I, that one kind of got me. You know, we don't really see an uncle-nephew relationship as much as you would like, and this was a good one. And I thought it was pretty good, the bonding that him and his nephew got. And, oh, spoiler alert again, sad to see John Cena go out, man, sacrifice himself, killed himself, but he did it for the better, the betterment of Dominic Toretto. So he got to get away from, he got to get away. He got to get away. Also, they teased The Rock at the end. He was in a post-credit scene, the mid-credit scene. I see some dudes get up and just leave. I was like, y'all is rookies, man. You got to check. You got to hit Google when the movie's over to see how many post credit scenes are at the end of the movie. It's like foolishness. It's foolishness. If you pay for the movie, you got to see all of the movie. Like, you want to know what grinds my gears? Motherfuckers not stand for the post credit scene. I'm sorry. That shit's absurd. But yeah, rent over. I like that shit. This dude, Jason Momoa, his character, Dante, is coming for everybody. And he was like, yeah, motherfucker. Not only, he was like, yeah, uh, he's like, Dominic Toretto, he may have got him on a bridge, but you the one pulled the trigger. Blah, blah, blah. Start talking all this shit. And then The Rock was like, motherfucker, I ain't hard to find. And crushed the phone. I was like, yes. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, Fast 10, I can't wait to see part two to Fast 10. That shit is going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait to see that. So I'm all here for it. I'm all here for that. All right, y'all. I think that might have been it. I think I covered it for the most part. Now, I'm about to do my Ant-Man 3 movie review. I'm going to go take a little break, drink a little water, and then we're going to drink the rest of this alcohol and go horror Ant-Man 3 Ultimate Review because if I keep waiting around, it's going to be just like Thor Love and Thunder, and I'm not going to do it. So we about to do that tonight. Ready? Let's go. See you on the next one. Believe until you make believers.